everyone. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri with Stephen Ruiz and Evan Thorpe. We're here to talk about sports. Guys, what's happening? Sports. <laughs> Baseball's back. Nobody cares. America's game. Steven, our most contrarian member, does not care that it is MLB opening day. The season's kicked off. Uh, the first question that I want to start off with, we're not going to get into predictions and all this other stuff because, uh, let's face it, that's Ted Berg's beat. Um, I want to know, is Bryce Harper a traitor? His signing, leaving Washington, went to the Phillies for about a month, was the highest paid uh, MLB player or the highest paid professional athlete, right? In I think his largest contract. The largest contract until Mike Trout came and snatched that away from him. What we're seeing today, especially, is a lot of people in uh, old Bryce Harbor Nationals jerseys that have kind of made DIY edits to it. And the bitterness in D.C. is especially strong. Uh, so I guess my question is, uh, is Bryce Harper a traitor? Should I start? I want you to start, Stephen. Okay, I'm a Nationals fan. Not a, like a serious one. I haven't watched a Nationals game in like two years. But of course he's a traitor. <laughs> he left a team that, first of all, they were offering him, I think, either the same amount of money or more money per year. And then he went to a divisional rival. And he went for, like, a team-friendly deal. Like, he gave him a discount. And he said, like, I want to finish my career here. Why Philadelphia, of all places? Yeah, I think he, in the end, it was something like $30 million that they were quibbling over. But Bryce Harper definitely wanted to be, like, the highest-paid athlete, mm-hmm. is, which is what he was going for. I And I'm going to ask this question mostly in jest, but people do take this stuff really seriously. Uh, Evan, what are, what is your take on it? Do we do we do we have I, to say he's, I, <laughs> he's not? First of all, the 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 Mets and the Phillies have a bigger rivalry than the Nationals and the Phillies. Yeah, I think just because they play in the same division, like people are gonna be like, oh, well, you play this team x amount of times per year, every year. But I don't think necessarily like it's that it was that big of a rivalry. And I also think some players just want to play in bigger markets. I don't necessarily think Washington's the best sports market. I think Philly is like top, like on the edge of top five, definitely top ten. And I think if you look at things surrounding Philly right now, it's, it's waking up to be one of the best sports towns. And you could say I'm being biased, but you are being biased. But I'm not <laughs> speaking, saying like speaking as the guy who's like wearing a Philadelphia World Series championship T-shirt right now. Oh eight, baby. <laughs> Philadelphia is a terrible city. Not even just sports city. It's a Whoa. bad city in general. Wait, before we get into Stephen's left, it's better than Baltimore. Left, I field agree with that. <laughs> hot takes. Uh, I will. I will say that fans get unbelievably attached to players, and then when those players let practical things like money and even if they just want a change of scenery or management or their desire to win a championship get in their way, then they will think that that person has betrayed them, like personally betrayed them. The level of bitterness against Bryce Harper in D.C. is so, so high right now. But like if you if, if let's say one of us got a offer from the competitor for a better price or like they're offering something that yeah they can't like are you gonna get am I gonna be mad that you left me like no she had to do what she got the bag yeah you got to do what you got to do to get your to get your money but it wasn't really a better price 
like per year, the Nationals were offering more. But he doesn't even. But my feeling is that to a degree, he doesn't owe the city anything. He stayed for a long time. He did his best. And even if he just decided that he did not want to be in D.C. anymore, you have to you have to get over that. And I also think like in sports, sometimes maybe you just need a change of scenery. Right. Like they what's the the, the best they've gotten to uh, second round of second playoffs? round. Yeah, no, they haven't even made the second round. They never made the second. Wow. Well, it depends on what you consider the second well, round because baseball has that wild card I round. I consider wild card like the first. Oh, then yeah, second. Yeah. They've he's never they've never won a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like you've done that for basically like at that time your whole career. Maybe both teams just needed something different. Yeah, he just needs some new mojo in NHL. Uh, John Tavares left uh, the Islanders. And fans, like a local news station, made this video that I thought was a parody of fans, like literally crying about the fact that he left the city and they booed him when he got back and were like cursing at him and throwing things. Like, give my man a break. He just needed, he just had to get on with his life. I think both things can be true, though. He can be a traitor and <laughs> he could still be justified in leaving. I have no problem with him leaving. And as a Nationals fan, I'm actually like, not, I'm not even upset that he's gone because, first of all, I don't think he's worth that money. He's never proven to be worth that money. He's more of a name than a player yeah. if you look at his stats. So I'm not even concerned with that. I think the team's better off without him. And I think for, for the Phillies, it was you kind of needed a name to go with what, you, what you're doing. You think about every other sport, they have a big name to go with it. And the Phillies, I mean, Reese, was, Reese Hoskins was the best player, but name, market value, like – where does he rank in baseball for the, real? The Nationals kind of did a similar thing when they signed Jason Worth from the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Like, Worth obviously was not worth that money. <laughs> no pun intended. But Shout out to Charles. And he never earned that money, but I think him being there like gave the Nationals a better reputation and allowed them to get more free agents. So I think it does help in that regard, but I don't know if Bryce Harper's necessarily – necessarily that guy just because it seems like other MLB players resent him but I would say like if we didn't get Bryce I think we improved enough to where like Bryce was the icing on the cake I think the team improved with some of the free agent signings and trades that they did you think about Ramuto you think about Gene you think about Kutch like they got better as a team and I think Bryce Harper just yeah, they're stacked. The and, the yeah, the Phillies are stacked. I would call them stacked now. I mean, they're not a lock for the playoffs, but they're certainly high on the list. Would you call them a dream team? No. <laughs> uh, after uh, Vince Young came to Philly and said that this is a promising team that <laughs> will compete for the NL East. That's what I would say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, this might be the first and last time we talk about baseball on the podcast. This is the second time we talked about baseball and the first time with Steve. And last time, Michelle (laughs) took over the show and (laughs) talked about. (laughs) Yeah, last time we had Michelle in as uh, as a ringer for for Steven. Wait, I have to correct you guys. This is not the first time we talked about baseball. We talked about Josh Hader when he sent out the racist tweets. Oh, that's right. This is the first time talking about baseball (laughs) as in, like, the game and not a player in baseball doing something. But that's always yeah. on the table. Someone can always That's true. You never know when someone's old racist tweets are going to get dug up. All right, moving on. Um, the stuff that we've got on the agenda, we want to talk about the AAF. We're going to do a March Madness bracket check-in. And for our beef of the week, uh, Tom Izzo and Steven face off. All right, let's get to the AAF first. Steven, tell me your thoughts on this story. 
so the AAF is like a secondary league. It was meant to like kind of be a supplement to the NFL. It takes place during the spring, and it seems like they're about to fold. The the majority owners saying they don't have enough money unless the NFL starts providing some of their players, some of their younger players that are signed to like future contracts or the practice squad. If they don't get those guys, they're not going to be able to continue financially. Yeah. And uh, Chris Corman, our colleague, wrote uh, an interesting post this morning, and he kind of pointed out how ridiculous that that claim is just because why would you start a league if you were banking on the NFL feeding you players and you hadn't gotten that confirmation that you were going to get those players? I think the metaphor he used was it would be like opening a restaurant and expecting the restaurant next door to give you their food to sell. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's a pretty good take on it. Um, I have not watched any AAF games. Neither have I. But I felt like they were pretty popular. For like the first week. Yeah. But that's always the case. The XFL got like great ratings the first week. Well, there's a novelty factor, right? People Mm -hmm. tune in for the novelty factor of what's happening, what's going on here. Uh, But trying to compete against the NFL, which is an absolute juggernaut, is kind of this Herculean task. And these people do not look like they were set up to, to compete against it. And you, I mean, I just think the idea of a second football league is just flawed from the beginning. There's no way to execute it. Right. Like the XFL, which is starting, I think, in 2020, that's going to fail, too. It's going to fail just like this one is. Like, even when you think about you think about preseason football, those games already have teams that fans care about. Right. Players they actually know. They only play a certain amount of time, but they play. And still we don't watch. Right. So why would we watch this? Well, I always feel like they're coming from a point of – that people will not get tired of football and that there isn't a saturation point for for interest in football when that's clearly not the case. You know, people care about the NFL to a degree, but there is saturation sometimes uh, where you're not having a lot of people care about the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Canadians have CFL and that's not popular in America either. So there is a saturation level when it comes to interest. And I think also, like, I think this league is more like banking off the names of the players who we remembered in college. Mm-hmm. And they had that week one with Sheldon Richardson, but it's like, how how much can that one player carry a league? And then they got Johnny Menzel last week, but... Like, mm, that's a train wreck factor. Trent Richardson, not Sheldon. Oh. If they had Sheldon Richardson, Sheldon it'd, Richardson be, it'd be much better. Dick he's alive, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Trent Richardson. See, I can't even remember his name. He's so irrelevant the, to me. The best thing about Trent Richardson is that he's actually doing worse in the AAF than he did in the NFL. Like, somehow, against worse competition, he's still bad. But it, he scored touchdowns. He got to mm-hmm. celebrate. And that's all we care about. Yeah, I think they're. I think Johnny Manziel signing with them was kind of like – proof that they're desperate now yeah i don't think they would have signed him if they were in good financial shape they would have just disassociated themselves from him but now they need people to watch and i mean i would be more inclined to tune in to watch johnny manzel just to see how good he is now but that's the only way you're getting me to watch any of these games i tried to i watched a little bit of the first week and it was just awful football and i'm never came back gotta pay kaepernick if they no way <laughs> he's too good for that. If they somehow mm-hmm. no. put up the money to pay for him, I bet you people will watch. People will watch just to see 
what he does and if he looks good. Yeah, that's the novelty factor. That's all you'd be watching for. You wouldn't be watching because you actually care. It'd wear off after like two weeks. Exactly. People it would, would already be done. Generate interest for two weeks. So. All right, we are moving on to the beef of the week. It's getting beefy. We can like rename this to Steven's Twitter beef of the week because I get him, <laughs> it seems like I'm getting him beefs every week on Twitter. Steven, break down the beef of the week, please. Because it involves you intimately. Okay, so Tom Izzo got a little rough with a, a student athlete, if that's what you want to call it, a Michigan State player. He was pushing him around kind of, and he was balling up his fists and going berserk on him. And that riled up a bunch of people on Twitter who thought this was coaches shouldn't be acting like this. And then that inspired Scott Van Pelt. He does his little monologues on SportsCenter every, at the end of every episode, and his monologue on Tom Izzo was kind of defending his actions and he kind of framed it with the the college scandal where people are paying to get in and he's saying oh life is hard and you have to show these millennials basically these younger people that you're not going to have your path paved for you it's going to be tough and this is how life is you're not going to have people say what you want to hear which I thought was just a just a bunch of crap a no, bad take. A terrible take because there's no other field where that kind of behavior from a superior is tolerated. So where's the beef portion come in? Because I tweeted about that I and I used some, some vulgar language. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is that you got into a Twitter beef with Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, and he responded. <laughs> and his, I think his main problem was that I was cussing. Which I don't get. I mean, and my response to that was, I'm just doing my t- best Tom Izzo impression. But um, yeah, I I mean, I think this is actually funny that Twitter that you are getting into Twitter beefs. Um, but the Tom Izzo thing, I know that storyline basically has been wrapped up. But I agree with you. I think that there's limits to the to the kind of um, aggressive behavior that you can file under just trying to make kids better. I mean. I didn't have a problem with Tom Izzo. Like, I've been in situations in, in sports where, <laughs> like, a coach has gotten net mad. It's gotten to the point where I got slapped. That's taking it too far. But, like, you have times where you and your coach might go at it. Like, you see this man more times than your family members. And you just sick and tired of each other. And, you know, it's heated. It's one of the biggest stages. So, I didn't think it was too far, like, at the end of the day. You understand you and your coach relationship. And if the player had a problem with it, then I say it was a big deal. But he came out and said it wasn't that big deal. So I didn't think it was. Yeah, but you can't trust what a player's saying when he has no power in the situation. If he comes out and criticizes Tom Izzo, he probably loses playing time or maybe even loses a scholarship. And we've seen this happen before. And Scott Van Pelt even called out one coach named Sean Woods. He coached Moorhead State. He was doing similar things to players and at the time, Scott Van Pelt tweeted about it saying this is bad. This was in, I think, 2011, 2012. And the players in that situation also said, oh, this is fine. This is what this is. We can handle this. This is just what coaches do. Like two years later, the coach was fired because he headbutted a, a kid in practice. My problem is you normalize this behavior and they keep pushing the envelope. You keep giving them this leeway. They're going to keep taking advantage and keep crossing the line more and more. Eventually, you get a guy headbutting kids in practice. Or slapping them in practice. <laughs> I, was, I got slapped in a game, so. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, like I said, I played college basketball, and it's been times me and my coach got face to face, and I remember like one time me and him were cursing at each other, 
And then, like, at halftime, me and him gave each other a hug, and it was kind of like, we understand that, right. that, like, moments get heated. Right. And you might not be yourself, but at the end of the day, as long as you two know your relationship, like, right. people watching might assume something, but they don't know. But there is a larger context of what Steven is saying, which is that there's a, the bad, this is about a white guy in power yelling at a young black kid who has no power, right? Mm-hmm. There's all, like, we, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. There's mm-hmm. always a racial element to everything. Yeah. So there's definitely the racial element to this, too. Um, the imbalance of power. Also, like you said, normalizing a type of behavior that just leads people to think that it's acceptable. Um, I think that that's actually the larger theme here, whereas yeah. in this specific instance, I think you're right. Like, if you take each of these instances one-on-one, mm-hmm. the two people who that this happened between might not have a problem with it. That's their relationship. That's the dynamic. That's what happens heated on the court. And we can be okay with that. But the lar- in the larger context of uh, how this looks culturally and what this says about sports as a culture mm-hmm. is a little bit disturbing. Now, I do want to say something. Uh, Steven's DMs or responses to his tweet were crazy. Somebody was like, it's okay for their boss to throw chairs at them. And I'm like, bro, relax. Don't try to make your point to where you're you're sounding ridiculous. Because yeah. that was a ridiculous That statement. was my favorite thing from yeah. the whole beef was the guy was like, what kind of world do you live in? I've been in two separate uh, fields of work, and I've got had supervisors throw chairs at me. And my response was, how bad are you at your job where you have two separate people throwing chairs at you in two separate fields? Like the first time, after the first time, he's like, oh, this one's not cut. This work's not cut out for me. I better try again. And then he interviewed with the guy. and was like, yeah, I got to throw a chair thrown at me. And his boss was probably like, ah, what would drive someone to throw a chair at him? And then like three days later, he's like, no, I get it. I'm throwing this chair at him. But then like people were like, yeah, he's not tough. He's soft. Nobody wants a chair thrown at them unless they're in the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> or you, you want to play for Bob Knight. Like, those are the only two cases where a chair should be thrown at you. Yeah, and I think it's, like, some kind of uh, uh, arbitrary standard for mental toughness for athletes, right? Like, how well you can handle, like, being picked on and uh, having people scream at you and yell at you in your face. Like, you, no, man. You throw a chair to me, I'm going to HR so fast. They will pay me by the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting paid by the end of the day. Amen. All right, let's move on. Let's do our March Madness bracket (laughs) check-in. I only bring this up because I'm number one for the win pool. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only reason she cares. It's not. um, No, it's true. It's the only reason I care. (laughs) Literally, like, days before, she came to me and was like, I don't want to do this. I was like, just have somebody else do it. She was like. Fine. So here's the standings between us three. Himmel is in first place Woo. with a score of 50, 178 possible points remaining. Me and Steven are tied. We, in the office pool, we're eighth out of <laughs> 10. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not last, but <laughs> we're right there. I love you. Uh, we both have 43 points, but Steven has a better possible score with 167. 167, I have 155. Um, I have Duke winning it all. So yeah. do I. Who do you have winning? I'm looking it up now. I don't know if this is the one where I like went crazy and was like, I'm having. So I basically have no chance of beating him because I have Duke and she has Duke. Yeah, I've got Duke. So if Duke wins, I still win. It, I think this is. Okay, so I have Gonzaga winning mm-hmm. and I have Duke losing to Michigan State. That's a take that I've been strong on. And I've also said I would there be no ACC teams in the Final Four. So I'm staying. True to my beliefs. Nice. Uh, 
All right, guys. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Oh, uh, go watch Shazam. That was a good movie. All right. You heard it from Evan, which he'll probably make us talk about next week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>